Welcome to a bonus episode of the 5-Minute Financial Advice Podcast. First Financial's Linda Neuenberg is a guest on Amy Evans' podcast, Align Women. Here's today's host, Amy Evans. With me today is my really good friend, Linda Neuenberg. She's a financial planner with First Financial Consulting in Pasadena, California. As Linda puts it, she walks families and individuals down the winding road of their financial lives and keeps them in control of their future. Linda and I have known each other professionally and personally for a long time, and I'm excited to have her on the podcast to share her story with you. Welcome, Linda. Thank you so much, Amy. So when we started working together, you were the CFO of a large nonprofit organization, and now you've transitioned into financial planning for individuals and families. What motivated you to shift gears? Great question. Um, I was at uh, a large nonprofit for about 15 15 years and started looking at sort of the next 10 to 15, 20 years of my life and thinking, you know, I don't want to book payroll every week for the next 20 years. And I realized what I really love to do is teach and coach and walk people and families through those financial decisions that they need to make. So I started looking for a venue where I could take advantage of that passion So I started teaching a little bit. I started doing some seminars here and there for families, especially young parents, walking them through sort of the decisions that were to be made at that point. Um, And then really just discovered a love for that and then sought out First Financial as a place that might be a home for a place that I could do that more professionally um, and just chase that down a bit. So So I made that switch. I went and I um, felt like I needed to work on that credibility piece a little bit. So I went and got my um, certified financial planning certificate, um, got that under my belt and uh, have been doing this for about four or five years now full time. And I just love it. I, I love that you saw your next step in what you were doing and were able to turn that into an entirely new career. And having interacted with you over that time period, I, I totally see how the, the coaching piece of it, you were working with, with hundreds of employees and the, and the coaching mm-hmm. piece of it, uh, I can see how much that, that resonated with you. So it's really neat to see that you were able to make that transition. Well, you know, in any transition you make, I, you know, I, I like to say I changed lanes on the finance freeway. Um, and anytime you do that, you feel like you change lanes and the car is moving right? You've got a life to maintain. You've got a family to maintain. I've got two boys um, that are no small um, piece of my energy capacity. Um, So to do all that at one time was was a bit of a balancing act. And I got a lot of support from both the nonprofit that I continue to work with on a part-time basis, um, as well as First Financial as I sort through um, what that looks like. Um, I also was able to take advantage of some teaching pieces out at Azusa Pacific University which just feeds my love of teaching and and young people and kind of plug that in. So it's a wild and wacky ride and still is. But, um, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you don't quite know what your day is going to look like and you don't know what needs are out there that you're going to be able to to help assist with. It's just a a fun life to live. Welcome to the world of the entrepreneur. (laughs) Indeed. So I asked you one of my favorite questions for all of my guests, which is share something that you wish people understood about what you do. And and I want to share your answer because I thought it was was so eloquent. Uh, You said the possibilities. Using a financial planner doesn't mean having someone tell you how to invest your money. Using a financial planner can help you navigate everything from the disciplines of day-to-day cash flow to planning a future where you can earn a living for a life you love, not driven by the mortgage. 
tell me why you think some people resist working with a financial planner. What have your, been your observations mm-hmm. as you've gotten into this world? You know, I think, I think time is a piece of it. I think people get so busy that they think financial decisions, financial future just kind of falls to the wayside. And they feel like as long as they're paying the bills on a monthly basis and maybe putting a little away for a retirement plan or maybe putting a little away for college, they, they'll just make it work. And then when it's getting close to retirement, they'll start taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think time is a piece of it. I think that they feel a little out of their element sometimes. Um, finance can be intimidating for folks. It feels like they're spinning a lot of things already and to take something else on feels like a new project in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But ironically, I think that's why it's important to have a financial planner because what you're really doing is you're really, you know, I like to call myself a backseat driver. Um, a family is, is really driving this car down the road of life and you need somebody in the back seat with you yelling, turn right, <laughs> turn left, wait, wait, you turn, you turn, back it up. So I'm really a backseat driver for folks. And if you can get a financial planner on your team from the beginning, it makes that ride so much smoother and you have clarity about where you're going. That's, that's the number one question I get when folks come into my office is, am I okay? Am, am, is this thing that I've cobbled together okay? And whether that's somebody that's 30 and just got married and trying to figure out whether to have two bank accounts or one bank account and what that looks like, or somebody that's 60 and is hoping they cobbled together enough to be able to retire in five to 10 years, that's the number one question. Am I okay? And a financial planner can sit down and help you answer that question. And what does okay look like for you? Because okay looks different for everybody. You know, I have, I have clients that come in and say, what did your average client do last year? I don't have an average client. Everybody's different. Um, and so being able to customize that and sit in the backseat of whatever car your client is driving and, and give them some guidance along the way is really, really helpful. Um, but I think people get intimidated. And, you know, honestly, nobody likes a backseat driver that's going to yell at them. So, you know, you got to pick carefully. Um, but I think maybe that's what it is. I think it's just intimidation and, and feeling like they don't know what to ask, you know, and they don't know what they're getting into. So. Yeah, I think that's a big piece of it. That may that makes sense. So shifting gears a little bit to continue to use a car analogy. Uh, <laughs> you're you're in a male dominated industry finance. Uh, have you been able to find female mentors as you've made the transition from the corporate world mm-hmm. into personal finance? What's that experience been like? You know, it's it's a great question and I think it's one that that women in finance will always wrestle with. Um what I have found, I think, is more colleagues than mentors. Um, I work in, a, in an office. I'm the only female advisor in my office. Um, so, so finding a mentor within my office is obviously not, um, not feasible. But I'm connecting up with financial advisors um, that work in this space um, and looking for mentors. Right now, it's colleagues and, and folks to, to swap horror stories with. Um, but mentors are hard to come by. And especially I find um, mentors are hard to come by that are also moms because I think that's a distinct piece um, that needs to be paid attention to because it's a separate set of challenges. Um, so I have lots of, of um, friends and mentors that are moms, but not a lot of work 
So, so it's a different sort of slice. And so, so yeah, I think it's, it's something that's challenging and especially the nonprofit world that I came from, it was a church. And so a church comes with a sort of layered on um, cultural piece that says that for the most part, if you're going to have a stay at home parent, it's going to be the mom. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of that layered in. So, so yeah, I think it's something that we struggle with. It's something that I'm always looking for. Um, but mostly colleagues and, and older friends that um, have walked life, but not necessarily walked the finance life, if that makes sense. So yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense. And yeah. that, that leads me to something else that you said that, that I've, I've really been turning over in my head for the last couple of days and, and, and will carry with me for a long time. I asked you what you would tell your 20 year old self if you could talk to her. And you said, you are enough, keep learning, but stop telling yourself that you don't know enough to teach others what you already know. Yep. And while you may have meant that in terms of being confident in your professional value towards your clients, I, I took that to also mean that you have value in your industry and, mm -hmm. and tied that to the question about mentorship. and. Right and really looked at what that meant in terms of being responsible for sharing the knowledge that you have with other women coming behind mm -hmm. you and reaching out a hand to them to help them feel like there was, there is a place for them right. that there are other people who have been successful in the industry and, um, and, and, and that there's a future for them. And I, I know, and, and I, I think I'm projecting some, some personal experience onto this because I'm in a very male dominated industry too, health insurance. And yeah. there are, there are not a lot of women, um, who, who see this as a career opportunity. And one of the things I love to say about insurance, which I, I believe is also true for, for financial planning is c commissions, uh, are, are gender neutral. Fees yeah. are gender neutral. There's no, there's no getting paid 70 cents on the dollar in our industries because when we do the job we're supposed to do, we get compensated fairly for it. Right. And I think that means it's a wonderful career opportunity for women, but they need to see that other women have been successful in it in order to feel that. And I, I, what you said resonated with me so much. Um, so tell me what you, tell me how that applies for you, what you would have shared with your 20 year old self. Yeah, well, and, you know, I mean, let's be honest, I could share this with my 49 year old self, too, right? because this is not something that we ever really, or at least that I ever really um, shake, right? I go into every meeting, anticipating questions that might come up. And so it's taken me a long time to get to the place where, you know, that's a great question. I don't know the answer, but let me find out is an okay response. Sure. Um, you know, coming into a meeting feeling like, if I don't know the answers, then that undermines my current credibility is a, is a piece that I think we struggle with perhaps even more than men. Because I think women feel like we have to be overly prepared um, and whether that's something we do to ourselves or whether that's reality, it's something we, we bring with us, or at least I bring with us, with me. Yeah. Um, but that's one of my favorite things about teaching out at APU. I teach a, when I adjunct, I teach um, freshman accounting <laughs> at 7.30 in the morning. Thank you very much. Yes. But I love to watch the women that come into the program 
they get to see a woman that has had a 20 year, 25 year career in finance and has made it work for her, has made a, has made a life out of it, is good at it, has had a family in the midst of it. And to watch that light bulb go on and have them see a little more focus with what they could be mm-hmm. is so important, you know, and to watch them at 7.30 in the morning sort of wake up and realize that um, I think is really helpful. I didn't have any female um, accounting business teachers when I was in college. They were all male. Um, when I got to my graduate program, I had a couple of female professors, but they are few and far between. So I think the more we can put ourselves in positions where we are investing in that up and coming class of women, um, I think is going to, it can't help but help the industry, right? And can't help because what you're seeing, and I see this in in my day-to-day financial planning, there's a preponderance of men that are financial planners. But when I meet with clients, more often than not, it's the wife in the family that manages the finances. And yet the landscape they have to go and partner with someone, it's hard to find a female. So so that disconnect needs to be righted a little bit. There's nothing wrong with men being financial planners, but to have it be so lopsided when the folks that are managing the assets tilt the other way is not particularly um, conducive to what's out there. So, so the more we can bring up those women that are that are just starting out and give them a little more clarity on what the future looks like um, and what those options are, right? Because it's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to go into business. Okay, that's so broad that until you can give them a little more clarity about what business is and what they might be good at within that dimension, it's hard for them to see where they're headed, right? So that was one of the reasons I love those those classes at APU, because you can just get those women and just kind of give them that little spark. You really can do accounting. You really are good at it. And by the way, you can do a really nice job of paying your bills along the way with something that you love to do. So, you know. Right. I I love it. I love it. So one of the things I really like to feature on the podcast is women who see a need for something and and then create the the thing to fill that need. Yeah. you, you've, you've already talked about your love of teaching. And one of the things that you've done that I think is such a, such a service to the world is you've created a, <laughs> seriously is, is that you've created a seminar for high school grads and you, you, you call it adulting and an adulting course and, and, and talk about where you saw the need and, and what kind of things you teach them in order to prepare them for, for the financial life that they're going to have. And the, and the reason I say it's such a service to the world is because as a, as a hopefully functioning adult, you, you have to part- participate in, in, in finance. You have yeah. to have some basic skills in order to, to function. So what, do you, what need did you see and what are you teaching them? Um, well, I think the need came from a couple different directions that all sort of came together at once. I, I had sort of a run of clients, and the, the one of the comments that kept coming up during these meetings was, I wish someone had told me about this 15 years ago. I wish someone had told me about this when I was in college. So I kept hearing that, and I thought, well, why isn't anybody telling you about this when you're, you know, 20? And then I had a, a son who was about to graduate from high school. And I thought, okay, what are the things that I want him to know? And, um, 
And so I started looking around, honestly, for, for books that I thought would be really good to sort of, you know, because that's an easy handoff, right? Here, read this book and I'll tell you all that you need to know. And honestly, I could not find one that I loved. So I started talking to some friends and they said, well, I feel like my, ch- my student is very underprepared, but I don't know how to explain it because I hardly know how to do it. And so I need, you know, so I started getting friends together and realized, you know, we have this whole cohort of kids that have grown up together that could do this class together and let's just give it a try. So I made a guinea pig class out of all of my son's friends and my friend's students um, and just put together, I asked them, what do you feel like you don't know? And of course they don't know what they don't know, right? So you got a little information from them, but it's, it's basic things. It's when do I, when do I know that I need to file taxes and how do I file taxes? And when I get my paycheck, what is all this stuff that's coming out of my paycheck? You know, um, I don't know if you're a fan of the show Friends, but there's a scene where where Rachel gets her first paycheck and, and she says, you know, who, who is this FICA guy and why is he taking all my money? And and then Phoebe wants to know what a 401k is, you know, and because that's in her chest. So so we go over a basic paycheck. Here's what a paycheck is and here's where all the things are going. And when you start looking for an apartment with your friends, does it matter who's on the lease and who's not? And how do you know how much of an apartment you can afford? And um, what kind of difference does it make if you start saving for retirement now versus later? Mm. And how do you know what you should put your retirement in? And what's a Roth? And, you know, so it really, but I'll tell you what, the, the program I put together was a good solid two and a half hours of a fire hose of information. <laughs> I mean, I just, I thought these kids are never going to survive this. And so I got about an hour through it and I said, okay, everybody, let's stand up and take a break and stretch and eat some more cookies and whatever. None of them wanted to move. They, they sat the whole time and these kids were sharp and they asked fantastic questions that shaped my next seminar, you know, things that I assume are obvious that to them kind of skipped a step. And so we went back and, um, so impressed with these students. And I just feel like they have such a leg up on their peers now that they've had a chance to ask all these questions. Um, And they have my contact info. And so sometimes they'll call me when they get their first job and, you know, they have to fill out a W-4 and they don't know what it is. And, you know, so that's been fun to keep that going as well. But yeah, I really just saw an opening for these students that home ec and, and life skills is not part of the high school curriculum anymore. They don't, they don't teach it. So, so I wanted to grab that opportunity to, to say, okay, you're about to head out and be, you know, or at least pretend to be an adult for a while. Here's what you need to know, you know, and um, so much fun. I'm going to do it again this summer because um, it was just so fun. So, yeah. I, I think that's so valuable. And as the, um, as the future stepmom of a 16-year-old boy, who will be going across the country to college. Um, I I appreciate that. And I look forward to having him in your class. (laughs) Send him over. (laughs) So that he will be, he will be well prepared. And I, and I agree. These were not skills I learned. And, uh, and I think these kids get, get dumped into a life, especially if they go away to college, they start getting credit card offers and they start working on campus. And, and there's, there's a whole lot of confusion that, 
that if not clarified can result in some, you know, some, yeah. some holes that are hard to dig yourself out of. So well, I, I think you're doing And you know, I'll tell you, just like everything else in life feels like it's gotten faster and more frenetic and more chaotic, so is the financial arena. I mean, used to be that you had a checkbook, a debit card, and a credit card. And that was kind of, and now there's Venmo and PayPal. And these kids are trying to manage all these little inflows and outflows of money and still be responsible with figuring out where it goes. So it's a different life skill than you and I had to build as well. You know, they've got a whole different landscape than we did. Um, so yeah, it, there's a lot these kids are gonna have to try and manage. I don't envy them. <laughs> no, I don't I don't envy them either. And I, I love that you're doing your part to make that a little bit easier. That's fine. Tell me where people can find you if they are interested in connecting with you as a as a financial planner, if they're interested in getting information about the next class that you're gonna run in Pasadena. Sure. Um, well, the easiest way to find me, because it's super easy to remember, is my Gmail account, which is lindasmoneystuff at gmail.com. <laughs> that's the easiest way to find me. That's my casual. That's not a business account. It's just my fun. If you want to connect about the high school class or anything like that, um, lindasmoneystuff at gmail.com. My work email address is linda at firstfinancial.is, which will be on the information for the uh, the webcast here. Um, but yeah, Linda's money stuff at gmail.com is an easy one to go with. Perfect. We will have that posted in the show notes along with, uh, your first financial contact information as well. Amy, this has been so, so fun. I'm such a fan of yours and I think you are doing a fantastic job with all of this. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on and you have a second invitation as soon as you write that book that you couldn't find. <laughs> Clearly, that's the next step. I need to get on that. I need to get, yeah, with my spare time and margin that I'm working on in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I see it. I'm calling it now. And we'll have you on the podcast again when the book comes out. Done. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, Linda. I really appreciate it. And look for more episodes with more amazing women at alignwomenpodcast.com. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the 5-Minute Financial Advice Podcast. For more information, visit firstfinancial.is. Objective advice you can trust.